But I, what did I just say?
Dear brothers and sisters, as we gather together in uh, many parts of the world, uh, this is a very unusual time for us. Uh, as we say in our homes, uh, it's normal to feel uh, being cut off and being aloof and being uh, away from everyone else. Uh, even though we might be separated physically, but uh, we need to understand that we are all connected. You know, it's very interesting uh, if you look at uh, what is happening all around the globe. Uh, the virus uh, can come to anyone. It's not differentiating whether someone is from India or from America or Africa or Europe or Australia or any other part of the world. It's not differentiating whether we follow one religion or another. It's not differentiating whether we're a male or a female or a elderly person or a child. And, and it's very interesting that uh, for the virus, we're all one and the same. It's unfortunate that we, when we look at ourselves and we think of ourselves, uh, we think of ourselves as being in a compartment. Uh, many of us feel uh, we're a part of a faith or a religion, and that's what we belong to. Others feel we are members of a country, and that's what, where our allegiance is. And then there are others who, based on our cultures and based on our languages and based on our finances, uh, feel that they're just connected to a certain uh, part of the whole society. 
little do we realize that in reality we are all one and the same. So I'd like to uh, leave you with uh, an example. Uh, this is an example out of nature. Uh, as we know in nature, uh, God has given us many, many things that we can use. We have the land on which we live. We have the water that we drink, which cleanses us. We have the sun that gives us life. With the volcanoes that erupt and then lava produces more land. And we have the clouds that take the water from one place to another so that in dry places water can be there. And we have the ice which cools things down. And so in nature we have many, many uh, of uh, these activities going on which we partake of, which we use, which we as human beings use, which animals use, which uh, plants need. And so, so this is how our life goes on in the universe. And so <clears throat> there's Mother Nature, which is responsible for the activities of, of all uh, of the water and the fire and uh, the volcanoes and the sun and, and <clears throat> the clouds and the ice. And so as happens when you're in charge of something, I mean, many a times you, you like delegate. And when you delegate, then, then you check periodically. You're not checking over all the time. You're not micromanaging. And so, so, you know, Mother Nature is very sweet. And so Mother Nature has delegated some of the responsibilities so, to these areas and just checks once in a while. And so generally, you know, there's an annual checkup that most people do. And so in the year when Mother Nature is checking what has been going on and what all of these uh, elements are doing, uh, Mother Nature realizing that there have been too many floods in that year. The water has been going up and down, and there's flooding in you know, one part of the world, and there's flooding in another part of the world, there's flooding in another part of the world. And then as it notices, it sees that um, you know, there are uh, many, many times with a volcano has erupted. And volcanoes erupted in one part of the world, another part of the world, and, and there's like much more activity in that year than would normally happen. And it also checked and saw that in certain parts of the world where it was cool, there were like a lot of snowstorms. A lot of snow came in, a lot of ice was made, it got very, very cold. And then it found that in other parts of the world it got very hot. And the heat uh, was tremendous. And then it also, as it's checking, it checked fire. There were so many fires in the forest. Uh, there's a fire in Australia. There's a fire in, uh, you know, in the other side of California. There's fire in other parts of the world. And then also checked there were tremendous amount of rains in the Amazon and other parts of the world. There was a lot of rain, and so it realized it was this year there's been too much activity. So it called all of these together and asked them, uh, what happened this year? that there's so much more activity going on than was there before. And so, <clears throat> as it started to question, um, all of them said, oh, you know, we were showing that we have power. So the water said, you know, I showed that I have tremendous amount of power, so I flew strongly. And I went very strongly, and I went off the shores, and I went here, and I went there, because I wanted to show all of these other 
of my uh, members in uh, nature that I am very, very powerful. And then <clears throat> the volcano said, he said, I saw that the water was going so much and the land was getting less. Because it looks like the water wanted to overpower the whole world. And so it said, what I started to do is I started to erupt. I started to make more land because my lava goes out and it goes down. And as it uh, uh, cools down, then more land is made. So that I wanted to tell water, hey, you can't take over all the land that we can produce more land. And then <clears throat> the ice said, you know, as this was happening and there was so much water there, I figured I have to do something, so I started to solidify so that the water would stop. The water would not go here or go there or go there, that I started to have more ice and more ice and more snow so that uh, the water would uh, stop someplace. And as this was happening, the sun said, boy, it got so cold with so much ice there, so I had to warm things. So I had to come out very strongly and, and get closer to the earth so that they could feel more of my heat and they could see how much power I have. And, and as the cold was there too and things were getting dreary and there was a lot of darkness, so I decided to heat the planet up. And then there's a fire. I said, when all this was happening, I started thinking, what am I supposed to do? So I said, okay, I will show them what does the sun think it is. I am the fire, and it is just the fire of me that comes to the sun. So I came out, and I went to all the forests, and I burned here, and I burned here, and burned there, so that everyone could realize my power, that I could do this, and I could do that, and I could do that. And the clouds said, and they said, you know, when, when all of this was happening and the fires were on, so I figured someone has to stop the fire. So I started to put rain. And I said, more rain and more rain and more rain, so the fire would be off. So all of them were trying to tell Mother Nature how powerful they were. So Mother Nature said, okay, let me listen to you one by one and see why do you think you are so powerful than someone else? So the water got a chance first. So the water said, you know, I flow. I flow and I give water like to the villagers. Home. I give water to everyone. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, going nicely. I clean everything. Everything that's dirty, when they use me, they clean it. Uh, you know, the human beings are made like close to 75 or 80% of water anyway. So I am available to them, and so I am the most powerful of everything. And the sun got its chance to say, and the sun said, you know, if I weren't there, there would be darkness. No one would be able to see what is happening. So something will go here, something will go here, there will be an accident here, there will be an accident there. Nothing will happen. So I give light. So I am the most powerful out here. And then I said, I said, the sun makes it so hot that we need to cool things down. You know, it gets so hot in some parts of India or in Africa or other parts of the world that people need to cool down. So they make Kool-Aid, they make lemonade. I, I cool them down. Uh, if someone gets injured and they have inflammation, I, I help them. If the water is getting too rowdy, I just solidify so the water can go further. 
and I am there to cool things down, so things go very numb, no one gets too hot. And then came the chance of the volcano, and the volcano said, if I were not there, the water would take over the whole place. So I have to build land. So periodically I have to erupt. So my lava comes out and more land is built and more land is built. So that the more people and more animals and everyone else who lives on Earth can live very nicely. And then came the turn of the clouds. And <clears throat> the clouds said, you know, the water is good, but water can't go every place. There are many places which are dry, we don't have the water. So what I do is I evaporate the water, and I become clouds, and I move from one place to another, and I go there, and wherever there's no water, I, I rain and I bring water there. And I, I also, if, if the sun is getting too hot, I, I go up in the sky and I put like a little barrier so that people don't feel it's too hot. So, so I am very important. Otherwise, the water would not get to the people, the sun would heat things too much up. And so the last turn was of the fire. And so when Mother Nature asked fire, you know, why do you think you're so important? So the fire said, you know, look at it. Everyone has to eat. See, if I'm not there, they can't cook. You can't live on a raw diet for all your life in the whole world. You need some delicious food. And I'm needed there. And also needed because I bring warmth to the area. Because, you know, many times there'll be ice there, there'll be too much rain there, and it gets very cold. And so people can, you know, light me up in the fireplaces and I bring uh, fire. And I, I also, at night when the sun is gone and sun is resting, because it's worked so hard all day, then I can be lit up and I can provide light to the people so that they can do some activities. And so as Mother Nature is listening to all of them, it says, okay, why don't you stay here, let me go out, let me think, and I'll come back, and I will let you know who's the most important of all of you. So as soon as Mother Nature leaves, you know, as is you, they start a fight. Hmm. And as they're fighting, you know, the cloud is telling the water, says, what's wrong with you? You just want to overpower everyone. And they're in front of Mother Nature also, you're saying so many more things about you than are not there. And the ice says, hey, Cloud, what are you doing? You know, you're always, like, messing things up. You know, it's a nice, beautiful day, and you come in and you spoil it for us. And we want to go out and be on the beach, and here you rain and you create trouble. And so these three are fighting. On the other side, <clears throat> you know, the sun and the volcano and the fire are fighting. The fire is telling the sun. Son, boy, this is very bad. You know, right in front of Mother Nature, you're lying. I am the one who gives you the fire and gives you the heat, and you don't even talk about me. You just talk about you're providing all the light and all the heat to the world. If I were not there, you would have nothing to send. And the volcano says, what are you both fighting about? You two are like too much. I can't deal with you. Because if I were not there, there won't be any earth, if there's no, or there won't be any land, and if there's no land, you'll all be in water, and there'll be only fishes who are living. No, no, none of the human beings would live, no one else would live, and, and uh, there'll be only creatures in the water. So I am the one who is responsible for providing the land. So now they're fighting between each other. And as they're fighting, they don't realize that Mother Nature has come back. And so she listens to these three fight, 
and she listens to the other three fight, and and <clears throat> all of a sudden, Mother Nature says, oh, "Why are you guys fighting?" So she tells the volcano and the sun and the fire that don't you realize they're all one and the same? Don't you realize that it's the fire, it's the light, it's, it's the lava that comes down also, they're all based on the light and sound. Because it's that energy that, that you are. That you are not any different from each other. You're all made of the light and sound. Because when a volcano erupts, there's light and there's sound. When the, when the fire comes out, there's light and there's sound. When the sun is there, there's light. And, and so it's saying you're all made of light and sound. And, and you're not any different. You're all one and the same. And so it goes to the water and it goes to the ice and it goes to the clouds. And it says, you're all different manifestations of the same thing. Think of what you're made of. H2O, two elements of hydrogen and one of oxygen. And, and you are just different forms. It could be water in one time, it could be ice another, it could be clouds in another. And when you come to think of water, H2O is made of two gases, hydrogen and oxygen. And what are they made of? Electron, protons, and neutrons. And what is at the heart of the electron, proton, neutrons? A vibration and light and sound. You're also made of light and sound. And so you are all also light and sound. And so Mother Nature tells them, all six of you are light and sound. You're all one and the same. So today, as we sit in our homes, as we think of ourselves being different from everyone else, we should realize that we're not different from someone else. We're all one and the same. We could be in a different part of the world, we could wear different kind of clothes, we might speak different languages, but in reality we're all one and the same. And, and even though when we live at the level of our outer senses, we're only looking at what is the difference between all of us, which even the scientists are telling us, people who worked in the Genome Project said that less than 1% of us is different. The more than 99% of all the genes of every human being is one and the same. And that less than 1% accounts for the color of skin, our features, uh, our sizes, and that's all we focus on because for, with these outer senses, we are only recognizing that. So saints have been telling us that we are all one and the same. We are all children of God. In reality, we are not the body, but we are soul. And that soul is connected with each one of us because that soul is a part of the Creator. That is part of the Oversoul. And to be able to experience ourselves in that state, we need to invert. We need to go with it. Just like with these eyes, we can see things of the made out of nature. With these ears, we can hear the sounds of this world. So similarly, when we go inside, we can experience the divine light and the divine sound of God, which are the two primal manifestations of God. And so today, as we are all in our homes, as we have more time to ourselves, this is the time to truly recognize ourselves. This is the time to truly uh, go within ourselves. This is the time to be able to experience God within each and every one of us. Now, when we want to experience God, we need to be in the state that God is. So we, just like when we go to meet someone else in this world, uh, we beautify ourselves, we dress up properly, 
we do what it makes so that uh, we would look good to them. So to meet God, we need to look good also. We need to purify ourselves. So what is it that puts us in a state to meet God? We need to inculcate the ethical virtues. We need to be truthful. We need to be loving. We need to be caring. We need to be uh, humble. We need to be of selfless service. We need to be compassionate. So the ethical virtues need to be inculcated in our life. And as we inculcate the ethical virtues in our life, then, then uh, our soul, which has been covered by layers and layers of mind, matter, illusion, you know, those layers start to get dispelled. And then as we meditate, then we connect with the divine power of light and sound of God within ourselves. And as we connect with the divine power of light and sound of God, then we'll find that our soul is getting purified. And as our soul is getting purified, then it is getting to a state where it will be totally pure. And it's when it's totally pure, then it is able to have its communion with God. And so the, the ethical virtues are a stepping stone to spirituality. Some Kipasa Singh Maharaj would often say that. So the ethical virtues are not the be-all and end-all of our existence. They're just a beginning. They're just a start. They're the first steps. We need that base. Just like you construct something, you need a solid base. So the ethical virtues is a solid base for us to meet God. And so we need to inculcate those in our life. We need to be loving. We need to be caring. We need to uh, extend a helping hand. And, and as we do that, then we need to meditate. We need to go within ourselves. We need to connect with the divine power of light and sound within ourselves. And as we'll connect with the divine power, then we realize that as we go on the spiritual journey within, as a journey which is full of love and which is full of light and which puts us in a state of bliss, that the realization that we can experience God sets in. And as that realization sets in, that as we can experience the two primal manifestations of God, the divine light and the divine sound of God within ourselves, that others can experience it too. And then the realization really sets in that we are all one and the same. And then a helping hand is always extended by us to everyone else. So let us just meditate. Uh, please uh, sit as carefully as you can. I'm going to leave you with a simple meditation called SOS Meditation. This is meditation on the divine light and sound of God. Uh, these are the two primal manifestations of God. And this is why when we go to our places of worship, we see the symbols of light and we see the symbols of sound uh, in each one of those places. They just are, are ref they're just telling us of the divine light and sound of God that we need to connect with. So please sit as comfortably as you can. Uh, make sure, uh, since we are all in isolation, you're pretty far away from the person next to you. Uh, as you take up a pose in which uh, you can sit uh, for a period of time without moving, uh, close your eyes very gently. Your eyeballs should be straight. Focus 8 or 10 inches in front of you. And as you close your eyes, uh, those of you who have been initiated in the mysteries of the beyond, please do your Simran. And those of you who are new here, uh, please repeat any name of God that you feel comfortable with. This repetition of God's name should be done mentally and not out loud. As, as we focus in front of us in the darkness with time, light will spout forth. It will be flashes of light, it will be circles of light. The light could be of various colors. It could be golden, it could be white, red, blue, green, yellow, orange, or any other color. So whatever we see, just keep our focus right in the middle. With time to us, 
the experience will come as if the lights have stabilized. So what actually is happening is, the light of God is within each and every one of you. When you experience the light, when you, when you are concentrated, you experience the light. When you are distracted, you experience darkness. And so with time, as we concentrate more and more and more, we experience the lights more and more and more as if they are stable and we go beyond them. So many, many other vistas with them. It's my prayer to God Almighty to help each and every one of us here connect with the divine power within ourselves. And it's my prayer to the three great masses of the past century, Hazur Baba Savan Singh Ji Maharaj, Param Sankipal Singh Ji Maharaj, and the gracious master Sandarshan Singh Ji Maharaj, to help each and every one of us experience the divine light in his effulgence. So we'll be sitting for a few minutes. I'll be getting you out of this meditative state at that time. And my best wishes are with each and every one of you.